What's good everyone? What's happening? I'm your host, Ryan Allen, and welcome to All In All Out. I thank all of you for joining me today. I pray and hope that everyone who's listening is having a great day and a great rest of their week. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it may be. I thank you again for joining me on another edition or this edition of All In, All Out. Now, for today's topic, it's going to be sensitive to some people, I bet. It's going to be a topic and a discussion that some people will call me judgmental. In the past, people said I I hated these types of sexualities. It's a topic that many people don't like to talk about. I know back when I was in high school, even college to an extent, it wasn't something of discussion. It wasn't something that was brought up. Quite frankly, for me, it was something that I didn't think about. More so, it was something that if someone discovered that they were anything but a heterosexual, they were looked down upon. And for some people, they would embrace it. They would look at it and say, hey, that's their life. Let them live however they want to live. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and the topic of sexuality, and how it has affected our society today, and the depths of how it has affected our society. Now, some of you may be asking, why am I talking about it? Why have I made the decision or feel the need to talk about sexuality as a whole? Well, I recently watched the documentary named What is a Woman by Matthew Walsh. Now, For those who don't know who Matthew Walsh is, he's a political commentator. He's currently employed by the Daily Wire, who is a conservative network who promotes conservatism. And as I mentioned before, conservatism usually aligns with the Republican side. Now, this episode isn't necessarily about politics, but I'm just giving you the background of where Matt Walsh was coming from when creating this documentary. And I tell you, once I saw that documentary, I was horrified because I never realized how effective at how much 
anything but heterosexual activity is going on in the United States of America today. I was disturbed. I found some good laughter in it because when Matt Walsh was interviewing different individuals, one was a professor, one was a politician, some were psychologists. And the people that he interviewed who were more on the liberal side, the people who supported kids wanting to change their sex, the people who <clears throat> wanted to prevent growth within themselves. And what I mean growth is take puberty blockers. It was funny because every time Matt Walsh asked them the question, what is a woman? They could never give a definitive answer based on their evil theology because that's what it is, evil theology. And to me, everyone, whether you're a man or a woman, should be able to define what a man is, in my case, or if you're a woman, what is a woman? So that's the foundation of why I want to talk about this topic, because we're in a war. We're in a war for the children. We are, we are in a war for generations upon generations. We live in a society where it's full of lawlessness. People want to live in a world like the wild, wild west. Live in a world like it's the jungle. Rumble in the jungle. And many parents, guardians, whomever, have failed these children who have come to a conclusion in their mind that they want to change sexes because they say, oh, I don't feel like a man. Oh, I feel like a mermaid, which actually happened. That's a true story. A, a little girl said, I am a mermaid. I don't want to get out the bathtub. In the documentary, there was a transgender woman who not only identified as a transgender woman, but identified as a wolf. Yes, a wolf. And <clears throat> while Matt Walsh and this man... As it is a man, were chatting back and forth. Matt Walsh asked him to demonstrate how he would communicate to these wolves. And he made the comment I don't feel comfortable doing it right now. I'm paraphrasing. But wait a minute. 
if you identify as something, why would you be embarrassed to showcase your gift, if it is, if you want to call it a gift, to communicate with wolves? If you identify it, makes no sense. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is confusion. So now, before we move forward, I do need to reiterate many things on this topic because, as I said, some people may call me homophobic. Been called that before. Some people even said I hate gays. Heard that one before. Some people have called me religious. Definitely heard that before. So let me reiterate this statement on the record, if I haven't already in the past. This is my biblical stance. Biblical theology, if you want to put it in that sense. I don't stand for anything other than heterosexualism. I think it's, I know it's evil. I know it goes against God. It is an abomination. And anyone who wants to make the statement, child, an adult, whomever, that while they were born a guy, for an example, and then wants to become a woman, a la Bruce Jenner, who is now, I think, Caitlyn Jenner now. They have a mental, it's a mental illness. Without a doubt. There's something wrong mentally with that individual to get to that standpoint. And that's because the parent or the guardian has not laid a foundation with that child. Letting them know, look here, you are a guy, you were born a boy, you always be a boy, and you are supposed to like women. All that crap about, oh, he was born gay, that's, that's BS, that's bogus. That's nonsense. You know, I was watching Inyala Fix My Life, and I was watching one of her past episodes, a three-part series. It, it was about two gay pastors living, hiding in the closet. And for one of the pastors, she made the statement that your son was born gay because she had asked the dad, have you ever thought, because the dad suspected his son was a homo. She asked the question, are you upset because you believe if he wouldn't have gotten molested, which he did, if he wouldn't have gotten molested, he wouldn't be gay. And then she again, she made the statement, your son was born gay. That is nonsense. 
That is not true. Not true whatsoever. Because even though when Adam fell, Pandora's box spread throughout the world to the point where sometimes we're born with deformities, sometimes we're born with different illnesses, we are not born gay. Gayness, homosexuality, non-binary, whatever the crap. I didn't even know what non-binary was before watching the documentary. That blew my mind. That is taught. That is enabled. That is showcased. That, more so by the liberals, are, is deemed okay. Live the way you want to live. Act the way you want to act. It's a free country. No structure. No tradition. The wild, wild west. And continuing, I do not hate homosexuals. I am not homophobic. I have worked with lesbians in my past. And I got along with said lesbians in the past. And I'm not homophobic because if I was homophobic, I wouldn't have worked with them in the, in the first place. I just believe that if you are a true Christian, my true believing believer, you should not associate, befriend someone who's living that lifestyle. Because anyone who's living that lifestyle is a non-believer. I don't care what anyone says. If you are a homosexual and you claim to be a Christian, you are a fraud. Simple as that. Because the Bible states that homosexuality is an abomination. Now, that doesn't make the person bad. Absolutely not. There's many good... Let me take that back. There's many nice homosexuals. Let me put it to you that way. But what I learned is when you associate with certain people on a consistent basis, their ideologies, their mindset will eventually, slowly and surely will affect your mindset, your ideologies. And that's why it's important as the scripture states, do not be yoked, I'm paraphrasing, do not be yoked with unbelievers. That's not speaking to just boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife. That's speaking to relationships as a whole. Because everything is a relationship. Whether it's your mother and father, whether it's son and daughter, excuse me, just son and mother, father and daughter. 
cousins, niece and auntie, friends, acquaintances, colleagues. Everything is a relationship. It's just the type of relationships. And, and the huge difference between the two. There's a difference between a relationship and fellowship. Come on now. Come on now. When you have a relationship with someone, that's just a basic understanding of where you stand within the the union. Where you stand as parties. But when you fellowship with someone, there's a there's a connection. There's a there's a a binding. There there there's a a unit with the fellowship. You're on one accord. That's what fellowship is, and we are not to fellowship with an individual who has purposefully and made it up in their mind. That I am gay, I will continue to be gay, I am proud to be gay, which being proud is wrong, and I don't care what anybody says. Those are the type of people we do not fellowship with, let alone we don't have a relationship with. Mm -mm. No way, no sir, no miss. However, If there is someone who is a homosexual and is trying, or take that back, when is attempting to get out of that sinful nature, well, that's a different ballgame. That's a different ballgame. But as I said, if someone is purposefully living that abominable lifestyle, we are not to associate with that as born-again believers. If we're truly born again, we're not to do that. We're not to do that. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, I do want to tell a story. And I never told this story publicly before. When I was a senior in high school, I had, obviously, an English teacher. I won't say his name, but for those who went to Rock High, they'll likely know who I'm talking about. He was a homosexual. I could vividly remember the dude had a, a, I think it was a red couch in the middle of the classroom. Which every classroom I've ever been in my life, no teacher ever had a couch in the classroom and he would always fold his legs and his fingers would flicker in the air and he would talk in a soft voice he had a boyfriend and I believe he had a child they adopted oh goodness gracious well And again, I want to make this clear. I am not judging them for their decision because you know what? 
they guys are already gonna judge them for whatever lifestyle they they are they are living. They have lived. I'm just pointing out the facts because I'm here to deliver God's message and the righteousness of the one and true Father. So <clears throat> I get enrolled into his class. And I can remember one day he came over where I was sitting. We having conversation, no big deal. His hand was on my left shoulder, and he had it on there for a while. And I could just feel my shoulder getting hotter and hotter. Some of you may think I'm I'm crazy. Uh, true story. My shoulder got hotter and hotter. That's when God told me why that happened. And I said, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with this for the rest of the school year. So I went to my guidance counselor. And I explained to her, you know, why I wasn't comfortable continuing with the class. And I was to explain that I'm a Christian. I don't believe in that. I didn't tell her the shoulder story because she probably looked at me crazy and she probably wouldn't understand. And I had, I had an opportunity to switch classes. However, what would have happened was I would have lost my honors class because I was taking honors accounting at that time. And that was the first honors class I ever had. Throughout every class in my educational history, ever, ever. And to me, coming... <laughs> From where I came from, where I was in special ed, they called it academic assistance, but it was special ed because of a low rating level, to now being in a honors class, that was a big deal for me, very big deal. So my guys counselor said, Ryan, if you want such classes, we could put you in this class, but you would not be taking your honors accounting class anymore. So I, I pondered on it probably for a day. And then that's when God told me, I said, essentially, Ryan, you're going to be dealing with and working with these type of people throughout your life. So don't delay the inevitable on that and just, just do it. I, I got you. Don't, don't worry. So I told my guidance counselor that, well, not not what God told me, but I told her that, no, I'm going to keep the class. I'll be okay. I'm just going to have a conversation with them. And I ended up having a, a conversation with them. I told them where I stand. And I explained to him, saying, no, I may not necessarily be comfortable in your class, but I'm going to be 
professional. I'm going to do what I need to do in your, your class. And that's it. And he, and he respected me for having a conversation with him and being open about it. And he essentially said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm still going to be me, but I won't be, I won't force it upon you. Essentially, that that was his standpoint. Well, the reason why I tell that story is if you are a believing believer and you may not be comfortable being around people who are non-heterosexual, as long as God is by your side, you don't got nothing to worry about. And if it's getting to a point where they're shoving their ideology down your throat, have a conversation with them. Because at the end of the day, they are human beings. They're not wild animals. We were all made by God at the end of the day. So that, that that's my story. And so let's get to the topic today. I, I'm just flowing, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm just flowing. So first, let's read the definition of trans of a transgender because if, for those who don't know for those who are first time listeners I'm big on foundation and I'm big on definitions because we must have an understanding of what the word means so by google or via Oxford languages, a transgender is, quote, denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender does not correspond with the birth sex. So, again, what a transgender is, say I'm a guy and I want to be a woman, I would be a trans woman. Trans coming from the word transfer or transition. Trans transitioning as a woman. And for a woman, it would be transitioning to a man. So I did some research and this research study is from UCLA School of Law Williams Institute. And here are some statistics on transgenders. 1.6 million people who are of the ages 13 and up identify as a transgender. 1.3 million are adults and 300,000 are the youth. So the youth, pretty much elementary school, middle school type. 18% are between the ages of 13 and 17. 8% of the United States population 
who are transgenders are between the ages of 13 and 17. 39% are trans women. 36% are trans men. 77,300 who are transgenders are Asian adults. Here's the non-surprising part. 3% of the youth are from New York City. You know, and I always said it. New York and California, who, without any surprise, are Democrat-heavy. Those are cities from hell. Because all of that nonsense, all of that abomination comes from one of the biggest or at least the most popular cities in the United States of America. And just, it's a damn shame. It's a shame what we are doing to our youth. It's a shame that we, 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 we live in a society of lawlessness. And you know, what I find most fascinating about those statistics is that the high percentages of people who are or identify as a transgender are between the ages of 13 and 17. Why is that fascinating? Because at that age, we want to be free. We want to do what we want, act how we want, and not follow the rules. I asked someone the other day who is more so a conservative. When asked the question, when you were younger, would you have considered yourself a liberal? This person answered yes. And I asked this person, why? Because I always am interested when people switch sides or make a 180 degrees turn on opinions. And what causes the flip? And this person gave me one word. And it's a word I said earlier. Lawlessness. As teenagers, we don't like to follow the rules. We want to be young, wild, and free, as Wiz Khalifa Snoop Dogg once said in the song. Technically, Bruno Mars. Anyway, we want to do whatever we want. We want to try anything we want. We know right from wrong. Absolutely. Everyone has the basic understanding of right from wrong. Don't rob the store. Don't steal. Basic. Don't lie. Don't cheat. But it comes down to willingness. It comes down to, do you even want to follow the law? Do you want to do what's right? And at that age, our brains are not developed to fully comprehend 
the true results of what might happen if we don't follow said laws, if we don't follow said morals, said ethics. We don't. We just want to do it just to say we did it. And if it fails, eh, we're young and dumb, whatever. And that's what the Democratic Party and liberals do. They target market those people because they they are ignorant. They don't know the true impact of not following rules, of not having structure, of not being a heterosexual, for an example. They promote, do whatever you want. Vote for us and we'll create laws to where you can be a transgender if you want. If you don't want to develop as a youth, hey, we offer puberty blockers. Hey, if you're dying of cancer and the doctor tells you you got six months to live, hey, we'll offer you anesthesia so you could die by choice. This is what the Democratic Party does. This is what liberals does. That's why they target market the, the teens. Because again, teenagers, people of that age, we, 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 as a society, we like lawlessness. We, we don't want to follow our mom's curfew. Our mom tells us, listen, you need to be back at the house by nine. And then your friend tells you, hey, girl, there's a party going on. The party starts at 10. Nah, I can't make it, girl. My mom got me on curfew for nine. Girl, just sneak out the window. It'll be fine. Don't worry. Lawlessness. And that's what the Democratic Party does. They screw the moral, screw the ethics. And the funny thing is, they'll do that to other people, but they won't even do it for themselves. Do y'all remember when Barack Obama had his birthday party last year? And... Erica Badu video recorded it, and none of them were wearing masks. But yet, they pushing the mask on people, and especially that damn vaccine on people. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy to the highest level. And I remember someone telling me a story where a conservative and a liberal was debating about euthanasias, euthanasian, and the conservative was asking questions, questions such as, do you believe someone with dementia at the age of 90 should be killed? And the liberal said yes. Do you believe 
that someone who isn't able to walk across the street to be put out of his misery. I'm just paraphrasing. Yes. And then the, the conservative asks another question. And then once that third question was answered, the liberal said, wait a minute, are you talking about my mother? And the conservative said, yes. So would you kill your mother? And the guy said, no, absolutely not. Hypocrisy. And that's what the liberals will do. One thousand percent. It's wrong. It should be condemned. It should be illegal. It shouldn't be allowed. I don't support same-sex marriage. Because marriage, the first marriage between Adam and Eve was under God. God ministered the first marriage. Said, so now you, you, you want people who are man to man and woman to woman to have a marriage which was attended and is attended for God be married as one under God? Are you kidding me? If you want to have sex with the same sex, you go ahead and do it, but don't disrespect it for marriage. Absolutely not. <clears throat> it's a damn, it's wrong. It's heinous. Now, let me give y'all a historical background. But before I get into that, we're going to take a break. So don't go nowhere. We'll be back here on All In, All Out. Before the break, I want to give all of you a history lesson. A lesson that I was ignorant of before watching the What is a Woman documentary. And again, I strongly encourage everyone who's listening right now to watch the documentary. It's officially on the Daily Wire Plus application. Or you can watch it through one, two, three movies. I know a lot of people have heard about it. Anyway, some of you may have wondered or may not even have considered this question. And the question is, where did transgenderism Originate. Who started it? Who were the enablers to it? Who introduced it to America? Well, two names. Alfred Kinsey and John Money. Actually, while I'll explain it, let me show you a clip from the What is a Woman documentary because they'll better explain it 
than me. So take a listen. When did that start? When was it decided that we need to start teaching kids about this stuff at such a young age? So I'll answer that with one word, Kinsey. Kinsey was a social reformer. He wanted to rid society of Judeo-Christian values when it came to sexuality. And he worked very hard to do that, and I would say he succeeded. Kinsey would be very happy with our culture today. His idea was that children are sexual from birth, that we're all inherently sexual creatures from cradle to grave. He believed that true happiness is found in a life of perverse sexual experimentation, no matter the age. What came out is that his research was fraudulent. Kinsey based his fraudulent conclusions on data he collected from convicted sex offenders and child molesters. His research was conducted in prisons, not everyday America. He also performed horrific sexual experiments on children, some under the age of one. His most influential book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, contains an infamous chart called Table 34, which documents the orgasms of very young kids, including babies as young as five months old. But instead of suffering the consequences for his heinous actions, he was and still is celebrated by academia and Hollywood. His ideas form the foundation for sexual education in public schools today. How do we get from this to you can choose your own gender? Okay, well now we have another very important character and his name was John Money. John Money was a psychologist and professor at Johns Hopkins University. Gender ideology was his brainchild. In fact, he coined the terms gender identity and gender roles. And according to Money, babies are gender neutral at birth. And ultimately, environment determines whether a person is a man or a woman. Money was telling the world about his theory that a boy could be raised as a girl and do just fine, and vice versa. And so Money tried out his theory on two young twin boys, the Reimer twins. When the twins were eight months old and they went to be circumcised, the first twin, whose name was Bruce, um, something went wrong with the machinery and his penis was burnt off. They stopped and didn't do a second circumcision on the other twin, as you might imagine. And the parents, of course, didn't know what to do. How are they gonna raise this child? John Money convinced Bruce's parents to transition him into a girl. Money also conducted sexually abusive experiments on the twins throughout their childhood, including forcing them to simulate sex acts on each other. He reported up to the age of 10 that this was a complete success. Well wasn't true. The results were a disaster. Bruce could never fully accept his female identity. Eventually, his parents told him the truth, and he chose to transition back to a boy, taking the name David. As an adult, David spoke out about the abuse and the damage done to him by John Money. The girls would do their things with their Barbies and things like that, and that wouldn't interest me. Mm -hmm. And uh, things such as trucks and uh building forts and uh you know getting to the odd fist fight and mm -hmm. climbing trees that's the kind of stuff that i like but it was unacceptable so i'd never as a girl as, as a girl i had no place to to fit in the trauma that he and his brother and his entire family went through left deep scars his brother died of an overdose uh when he was 38 and then david died committed suicide there was never a retraction or an apology from John Money. 
Instead, his ideas were adopted by mainstream psychology and they form the basis of gender ideology today. Why don't more people know about John Money and Alfred Kinsey? Evidently, there are forces that don't want this information out. Absolute scum. Straight from the pit of hell. Those two gentlemen. Especially John Money. Let me imagine this. You go in and get your son circumcised. For some reason, the machine backfired or malfunctioned where one of the boy's penis is gone. <laughs> and the John Money miraculously comes into the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a, I personally believe that was the setup. Without a doubt, that was the setup. Because how did John Money even discover these two? You know, unless a doctor from that medical facility was told by John Money and his people, hey, if you got twins, you know, bring them to me and I could possibly run this experiment. But no, I truly believe they purposefully, whoever conducted the circumcision, purposefully malfunctioned the machine so that John Money can perform these trials and experiment on those two boys. Turning one boy into a girl. Oh, that a damn evil human being, man. Ain't even Alfred Kinsey. Experimenting on those kids. Even having babies. Detecting the orgasms. Babies. Are you kidding me? And many people out there still want to support transgenderism? Kenzie is probably praised today. I believe there's a movie out on him. Hey, God. It's, it's sad. It's disturbing. As we... So that that's the foundation of why we even have the, the thought of transgenderism. In society, because of those two scumbags right there. All right, well, as we close, I've essentially given my opinion and my stance through statistics and just facts overall. But for the Christians out there, the true Christians out there, I do want to back up these statements with scriptures. So, the first scripture, and these first three scriptures is validating the point of there will always be man and woman, nothing else. Now, I recall, I saw a video a while back, while back meaning a month or two. And someone on the street asked 
this individual, the guy, and asked essentially his thoughts on transgenderism. And he made the statement that essentially whenever we die and for some reason if our bodies were were to be picked up from the grave out of the casket and a doctor were to analyze the body to to determine the sex it will only have two options being a man and being a woman we could cut off our penis cut off the testicles you'll either be a man or a woman the same sex that we were born with the sex that we know before we were out of the womb that would be the same sex that doctors would discover if they were to dig us up out of the grave, out of the casket, and analyze us. And these three scriptures will validate that point. So, first scripture, Genesis chapter 5, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. And the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. Scripture number one, God created them, male and female. It doesn't read anything about non-binaries. It doesn't read anything about pronouns. It doesn't read anything about transgender that or transgender this. Simply, the day that God created man, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. Don't, don't let that slip. Blessed them and called them mankind the day they were created. Oh. Powerful. Just powerful. All right. Scripture number two. This is in Mark chapter 10. Verses 6, and I'm reading again from the New King James Version. The key verse is in 6, 9. Oh, excuse me. The key verse is in verse 6, but I'm going to read verses 6 through 9. But from the beginning of the creation, God created, excuse me, let me restart. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer 
two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So, first clause. Again, God reiterated the point. God made them male and female. And I like this because not only is that statement made in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, but it's also a statement made under the New Covenant, which we live as of right now. And the reason why I wanted to read the rest of the verses to further reiterate that it is a man and a woman who is supposed to be married, who is supposed to be joined together as one flesh. And as it states in the last clause, therefore what God, God, has joined together, let not man separate. So even it shows there, not only God made just man and female, but as a couple, it's only supposed to be man and woman, father and mother. Mm-mm-mm. Powerful, powerful. And father and mother, meaning not no two dads, Again, if they if the the two wants to have children, not father and father, not two mothers, but mother and father. Next scripture, final scripture on the validity of it's supposed to be only just man and woman, nothing else. And Psalms one thirty nine. Verse 14, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. And in the word your, the Y is capitalized, which for those who don't know is signifying that it is God. And when they say your, it's referring to God. Here's the point I want to comment on. Fearfully and wonderfully made. If someone truly believes that, they would never without any doubt consider transitioning their sex. Because they know they are wonderfully made. No one would do that. No one would be meditating on whether I am in the right body. That these parts were meant for me. No one. No one would do that. God doesn't make mistakes. Never. I was meant to be a male. Simple. My sisters were meant to be females. Point blank and simple. Now, as we get it closer to the end, I do want to give these two scriptures on why homosexuality is wrong. And again, I'm speaking 
to my true born again believing believer believing believing brothers and sisters in Christ and quite a matter of fact if you, if you have any morals any ethics you would you would admit that homosexuality is wrong anything that's heterosexual is wrong not saying that you can't choose because it is a choice to be a homo or anything that's not heterosexual, but anything but being a heterosexual, like in the opposite sex, is wrong. But again, I'm speaking on scripture, so it's more so for the believing believers. Anyone with morals. Anyway, first scripture, Leviticus Chapter 18, verse 22. First, the that scripture, I'm going to read two versions. So the first version will be the New King James Version. And that reads, You shall not lie with the male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Simple. Just that scripture alone should let you know and validate for you anything that's homosexual is wrong. So now I want to read this version, excuse me, I want to read this scripture from the NLT, the New Living Translation, because with the New Living Translation, it's essentially for it not that I don't want to say it dumps it down, but it brings it to a lower level for people who need help better understanding the scripture to give them better revelation oh that so let me read chapter eighteen verse twenty two through twenty four Again, it's the NLT. Do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. A man must not defile himself by having sex with an animal. Bestiality. And a woman must not offer herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it. This is a perverse act. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways for the people I am driving out before you have defiled themselves in all of these ways. Those are the people of the world. I am driving out before you have defiled themselves in all of these ways. Again, just further illustrating that not only homosexuality, because that's the most prominent thing, but anything that's non-heterosexual is perverse. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And it's sin. 
of course. Last scripture, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. I'm going to read it from the TPT. It reads, Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived! Exclamation point. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. Boom. Woo, that's powerful. Oh my gosh. I need to read that again. I, I need to read that again. Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. And that's all I got to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. I pray and I hope that any one of you listening right now got something out of this. I hope you further gain knowledge and understanding on the crisis that we have in this world. And hopefully that you gain a better I, I hope that you gain better intuition and better understanding of the society that we live in and to now further use these tools in your everyday life to further the kingdom of God. And if you're not a Christian, just be better human beings. To be to have better morals, to have better ethics. You can follow me on all social media platforms. The username will be in the description below. If you want to give a five-star rating, really would appreciate it. If you want to leave a comment, greatly would appreciate that too. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, stay blessed, stay well balanced.